For the Meat and Poultry Podcast, I'm Bob Sims, Features Editor. It is well known throughout the meat and poultry processing industry that today's consumers place a high level of importance on animal welfare. They want assurance that companies allow animals raised for food to live the best life possible while under the care of producers. The Tyson Foods Broiler Welfare Research Farm provides data on what broilers prefer, how they react to conditions such as lighting and enrichments, yet it operates on the scale of a commercial production farm, ensuring the data collected is usable and the results of trials repeatable. In this week's podcast, Tyson's Senior Director of Animal Welfare, Karen Christensen, discusses the broiler research farm and how she and her team use it to continuously improve the welfare of animals under the care of Tyson producers. The first thing that kind of popped into my head was, could you give me kind of a scope, uh, an idea of the size of the broiler research farm and, and kind of, uh, you know, the basics? I don't know, the how big is the piece of land? How many houses are there? How many people work there, et cetera? Sure. So what's unique about the Tyson Broiler Welfare Research Farm is that it is on a commercial scale. And we think that that's really important when we're making uh, decisions about welfare. And we want to make sure that those decisions translate across the industry. So um, we're not taking results from pen trials, um, but actually uh, making these important evaluations in in a commercial setting. The farm sits on an 80-acre parcel of land and consists of four um, commercial broiler houses that – are 42 by 400, sorry, 42 by 500. And um, uh, based on our market weight there, we're placing uh, about 19,000 birds in each house. And uh, currently there's four uh, Tyson team members that uh, uh, take care of the farm and help us uh, collect the, the data that's important for the trials that we're working. That being said, what are the differences in terms of equipment, computers, et cetera, that, that actually do make it a research farm rather than just a commercial growing operation? Is yeah. there a whole separate Great question. building we, that houses? We want, we want the equipment to be very similar to what um, – we have across the the enterprise again because we want the information that we're generating to translate but we have the capability of capturing a lot of data uh, not only environmental data but we're also set up to um, capture video data Uh, we have a another trial there that we can discuss more where we're capturing capturing uh, audible data from the uh, from the birds and uh, that's being used to, uh, to to understand from a welfare perspective what the birds are saying to us, and we're certainly listening. Um, we also have viewing rooms at the farm so that we can uh, view what's happening inside the house without the birds 
um, seeing us or, or us interfering with their natural behavior. And those viewing rooms are a great place for us to bring uh, visitors and customers to have really detailed conversations about what's going on in the house in a really comfortable environment and uh, without having to take a large group of people in in the house for a long time. And then, um, you know, we always we always go in and visit the birds as well. But the viewing rooms, I think, are um, we're coming to understand how important those are in uh, in observing the birds. Uh, two of the houses have the option of natural light um, so that when we're working on uh, lighting trials like we're doing currently, um, we do have that option. Um, and then again, we have the option to, uh, to cut that off and, and use standard light if we're working on some additional um, type of work that wouldn't, uh, wouldn't necessarily, necessarily need that piece. Um, so that's, uh, that's probably the most significant differences um, to, uh, to the farm. Okay. And you talked about the lighting schemes and I was wondering, so I know that's what you're, what you're working on now. And I was wondering, are there any, I'm going to say experiments, maybe that's not the right word, but what kind of other variables are you guys looking at in the future in addition to lighting? Ha has anything uh, been thought about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are working on lighting and that's a, that's a big project for us right now. Um, we do have a U.S. poultry and egg grant in conjunction with the University of Arkansas that's um, helping us on that trial. Uh, we're also working on enrichments and trying to understand uh, what types of enrichments that, that are significant to the birds and what type of enrichments they'll engage with throughout the whole uh, time they're with us at the farm. And what's really unique about the way we're doing the research is we want the birds to have a voice in the, in the project. And so um, we're letting them tell us what types of things are important to them. So rather than just giving them something and say, there you go, um, we're, we're really trying to get them to tell us what's important to them, what they'll react with, and, and make that environment um, more meaningful for them. And then um, down the road, we'll, I'm sure, be looking at other uh, welfare areas like density. And so that being said, that that made that's another question I had is one, where do you guys get the birds for the research farm? And then two, where do the what happens to the birds, you know, when the time comes, when they hit size or when Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the birds that we use at the farm come out of uh, one of our hatcheries. And uh, they they just come to our farm instead of going to one of our growers' farms. So they're they're on the placement list just like any of our um, family farmers, and we're scheduled to receive those those same chicks that um, we, would potentially go to any of our growers. And when they hit um, what the target area age sorry target weight is uh, for the birds that uh, we grow in that area, then. Uh, they're taken to the to the processing plant um, and become part of our 
our, our protein supply. So obviously, <clears throat> we're not doing anything there that would would impact that um, right. uh, the ability for them to go to the to the plant. But it gives us the opportunity to follow those birds through the whole uh, process. And if we are doing something where we're interested in how it may affect uh, meat quality or yield or something like that, then we have the ability to follow them all the way through the process. Hear from the experts in the industry on the Meat and Poultry Podcast. The latest news, trends, technologies, and people in the world of meat and poultry processing delivered right into your ears. Listen every Friday and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, and then that leads me into, this is kind of a general question, but... um, so how have Tyson's uh, growers helped with the project or, or, or have they or will their role grow over time or are they involved? Are, the, are your existing contract growers involved in the research farm? Well, we're, the farm is new. And so we're looking for all the different ways that um, the farm can bring value um, to all of our growers, whether it's bringing value and improving the environment for the birds from a welfare perspective, or if we can um, understand things that we can communicate to our growers that would help them um, in, in their doing their daily <clears throat> daily jobs or improve the bird the welfare of the birds on their farms, then then that's the whole purpose. We we want to share the information that we're getting, and uh, so as we learn more, then, then we will be sharing that information. We have a, a group of growers that we communicate with on a regular basis. And, um, you know, a lot of times we talk to them and say, um, we need your input. What, what things do you know that you can share with us um, that we can um, take into account when we're doing the things at the farm that we're doing? So it's really, we want it to be a two-way street and an open, open conversation. Well, with the ultimate goal of, of continuous improvement in, in welfare. And so that, I know that being said, I know in the video you talked about um, customers and consumers wanting to know the story of where the food comes from and how the broiler research farm was going to help tell that story. And so I know it's new, but, is there a story? Is that story kind of developing? Where's that at? And how will Tyson tell that story? Well, the farm is new. And then unfortunately, with COVID, it's really um, made, it's really impacted the way that we hoped to be able to utilize it. And because people are somewhat removed now from, from where food comes from, the farm is a fantastic opportunity to bring our customers uh, to see exactly what's going on and, and to help them understand our efforts in continuous animal welfare and making sure that we're meeting um, key welfare indicators and assuring them uh, that uh, welfare at Tyson Foods is a top, top priority for, uh, for the company. So we really want to use it to, to help to educate and to illustrate the things that we're doing. Um, and then we want to use things like blogs and like the conversation that we're having today 
to get the word out um, that we are meeting our vision of being the world's leader in animal welfare through compassionate care and sound science. And uh, so that's our goal. And, and like everything in the world that's been impacted by COVID, uh, we're, we're anxious for a resolution so we can, uh, um, we can get back to, back to sharing, sharing what we're doing in a very personal upfront way at, at the farm. Talking about COVID and, not necessarily strictly COVID, but obviously that's going to be a, a piece to the answer of this question. But what were some of the challenges that you guys faced uh, putting the whole project together, getting it going? Um, and then and then how did you overcome some of those challenges? So you're talking about the, the farm you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, thank you for the clarification. So the farm... We actually got um, uh, placed our first flock of birds there in October. So we had probably um, two flocks under our belt by the time that COVID hit. And fortunately, um, we have a very limited number of people um, that it takes to operate the farm. And so we, we are limiting, um, obviously, contact, uh, but we still can go to the farm and socially distance and be safe. And we participate in all of the safety precautions that Tyson and, and CDC and everyone has outlined for us. And so we take everybody's temperatures and people fill out a questionnaire and we use masks, but we, it still allows us time to be at the farm, to engage with the animals, uh, to do the research and, uh, and make sure that, uh, um, their welfare is our top priority. Can you guys tell me, do you have a rough idea of the investment that Tyson put, Tyson put into the facility? We can. It's um, in our sustainability report um, from 2019, we did talk about the um, our investment in research um, at the farm and in other areas. Um, but... Um, I think the investment there at that facility was um, right about $1.2 million. Is there a, is there a, a long-term strategy or that might not be the right word, uh, a long-term vision uh, into the future for the research farm? Like, will the, will the farm grow? Is it exactly how you want it to be? Will projects change? Any idea on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the The farm is really is really a fantastic size for doing research because it represents everything you would want in a commercial setting. Um, but it's just the right size. It's not so big that it's unwieldy from that perspective. Um, so I think that from that perspective, um, I, I don't foresee any changes at, at this time. Um, but it takes it takes several iterations of each one of these projects in order to, to get the um, confidence that the answers that we're getting are repeatable. Um, so the projects that we're working on, you know, we'll, we'll be working on them for, um, for extended periods of time. The lighting and enrichment project that we're on right now with um, uh, the U.S. Poultry and Egg Grant is, um, is a two-year project. Um, and then after that, um, 
Um, we have some other things in, in mind, uh, looking again at uh, uh, continuing with enrichments and then possibly density. And then as other areas of interest uh, develop from a welfare perspective, then we will add them to the um, to our to our project list. But it's really important that we know and have confidence in um, in the decisions that we make. And so that'll take that'll take, like I said, several iterations. We need to make sure that um, things are working well um, through the different seasons and. Um, that the, like I said, the information that we're getting is repeatable. So it's a, it's a little slower than you'd like it to be. I, I'd like to be a little more patient and uh, need to be patient to see it, um, see it through. Uh, but it's really important um, that the information that comes, comes out of that facility, um, again, is, is based on sound science. And that's really, uh, that's really key to what we're doing. Make sure to check out the latest stories from the monthly print edition and online at meatpoultry.com. And follow us on social media at Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, all by searching at Meat Poultry.